you're listening to the 30 something movie podcast. This is a special episode. We weren't expecting to put out another episode um, really before the end of the year here, but we had a really great time uh, talking with our friends over at the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. And they were going to, we kind of like, we're, we're putting this together with them. And, and they called us up and said, hey, we're going to be doing this episode for our show. We're going to be putting out a two-parter uh, right before Christmas. Can you guys come on and, uh, and be our guests on this episode? So we were happy to do that. Um, always have a great time with those guys. So go check them out. If you have not listened to them, uh, I know a lot of our listeners have a bit of a crossover between our two shows, but uh, if you have not listened to them yet, go check them out. Surely you can't be serious podcast. A bunch of great shows, had a great diehard lethal weapon, couple of episodes here lately. But uh, this episode is a very special one where we talk about it's special because it's a holiday special. So this time around, you've got two podcasts, bunches of hosts. We are talking this time about the Star Wars holiday special from 1978. Um, first of all, I want to thank Samuel Kim Music on YouTube. Uh, we, uh, the, Our intro and outro music for this episode is the Carol of the Bells and Imperial March ma- mashup. Um, so go check them out on YouTube, Samuel Kim Music. Um, bunch of great mashups and, and other songs in there, so go check them out. And uh, they're also on Spotify and Apple Music and uh, YouTube, a whole bunch of other places. Um, so yes, please go check them out. All right. Without further ado, um, this is, uh, well, and, and it was a, a recording for their show. So they graciously allowed us to use our own recording of this. Theirs is broken up into a two-parter. So if you want to go check that out, um, maybe a little bit more manageable episodes for if you're, if you're going on a drive somewhere or something. Um, but, uh, this one, we just, we took the full, probably what, two hours or so, uh, that we talked about this holiday special, had a great time, had some laughs. A lot of times at the expense of the holiday special, but you know, that's how it goes. So we hope you enjoyed this episode that we did as the guests of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Um, I will probably come back at the end and and say this as well, but we hope everybody has very happy holidays. Um, Thank you for being here with us throughout 2020, through all the ups and downs of this crazy year. And we look forward to a great start of the year in 2021 or for us, 1991. So uh, I'll see you on the end of this one. And thank you so much for being here. Without further ado, it is the Star Wars Holiday Special. Welcome, everybody, back to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. We are on a super special edition where we are covering the Star Wars holiday special with some of our great friends from the 30-something movie podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Jason. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, D. I'm excited to be here and uh, excited to hang out with our buddies from 30-something guy. We have a plate of Wookiee Ookie cookies right in front of us here. We're jumping on them. And uh, to introduce the 30-something guys, we have John Reed. Hey, how's it going? We've got more than four people, and I think we need a Bantha rump to feed more than four, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) If we have hearty appetite. I mean, we have hearty appetites, so, I mean, Pat alone could probably take down one Bantha rump. We need Harvey Corman and Drag to come and cook it for us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I I don't know I don't know what's more disturbing is is him doing the cooking show or the fact that they were eating bantha rump I don't I just I don't know about that any of that I I don't know what that that yeah 
Yes. What are Banthas supposed to be pets or food? I know there's that there's that deleted scene I think from the original Star Wars where Luke has the uh, the macro binoculars. He's like, yeah, there's there's two Banthas. I can see one of them now, and that oh, that one looks tasty. Look at that, <laughs> and I'd like a side of that. Yeah. Hey, according to the Mandalorian, the the crate dragon really thinks Banthas are tasty. That's true. Oh man, that show. <laughs> oh, I wish we could talk about that show. Oh. All right. Uh, who you got with us tonight, John? We've got, uh, so I dragged a couple other people here with me. I've got Pat Canigallo. Uh Pat, I think your you're background here on Zoom, you're on the Orca, aren't you? That's right. I'm, yeah. uh, I've been on the Orca, put out from Amity Island and uh, podcasting ever since. So it's great to be here. This, I mean... Huge fan of your guys' show. I mean, it's it's great. And uh, I know we were saying before we started recording, you know, it's been a while. And it sort of, it's been a while, but sort of not because I've, I've listened to you guys like, you know, almost every day I'm listening to one of your episodes. So it feels like, you know, it's just like I just saw you yesterday. Thanks, so man. thank yeah, you so much feel, for having us here. We feel the same way. You guys, every week it is a joy to listen to you guys get together and hit a movie that's 30 years old. Yeah, no. thank you guys. Thank you. And I've also got uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Dennis Matuch over here too. Hey, pleasure to be here. Thank you guys for having me and uh, looking forward to this. I just, you guys are all talking about appetites and eating. I have no idea how after uh, watching that you guys have an appetite for at least 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did bring Dennis because I wanted to make sure we had somebody who was a full grown adult when this came on. Um, so, you know, Dennis is, Dennis is really old. He's, you know, what, what are you now? Like 60? Wait, didn't you just have a birthday and what was it? Yeah, it was yeah. earlier than yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so Pat, how old are you? But same same decade now. Uh I'm forty two. Okay, so you're the youngest. No. I'm no forty five. John's forty. I'm forty. John's 40. John just turned yeah. forty. Happy oh birthday. My gosh, happy birthday, Thank man. You. Yeah, happy birthday, John. Yep. You're an old soul. Being an admin, you know, being being in the administrative offices, you know. Now, wait yeah. a minute, John. Your birthday is very close to Life Day. What what are we talking? What day is that? It's uh, December sixth. <laughs> oh, dang! Well, that yeah. was close. within a couple of weeks. So. It was close. It was close. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start calling my John. You're forty. Dennis, how old are you? Uh, forty nine. <laughs> That's okay. I'm 47. So I'm 49. 45. So I'm, I'm square in the middle of you guys. Yep. I just, we were trying to remember what we really remember about watching the star Wars holiday special. And I thought that I had seen it, you know, when I was a kid, but I would have been three years old, but I still, I have, I can remember things from being three years old. And then once I watched it on YouTube, I have a specific memory of about Oh, about the time that the stormtroopers are about to come in, I'm thinking they canceled the Incredible Hulk for this. <laughs> was not happy about that at all. Dennis, did you see this in the original I, run? Yeah, actually, we we did. We saw it on TV. The actual run. The only thing that I could remember back then was I remember the big like kind of like I have a vague memory of the treehouse, the stormtroopers up there, and I remember like. Uh, you know, Han Solo rushing in, and I, I do remember Luke being on there and looking different than he did in the movie. Um, he vividly remembers. Aaron, he vividly remembers Diana Carroll. I did everything else. <laughs> the first half hour of that movie, I had no clue. It was only like up in the treehouse and the Wookiee. I remember it was about Chewbacca and his family, and that's about. I have like a very vague memory, and it wasn't a horrible memory. 
I must right. have, you know, like expunged that out of my like system. Just yeah, totally forgot about it. But um, that's all. So I had a vague memory of seeing it, but I could not remember if I liked it or didn't like it back then. We I wonder if my talking. parents sheltered me from the rest of it and just showed me certain parts. We were just talking. So in, I definitely am old enough to remember going to see Star Wars in the theaters. But yeah. so I'm I was born in 73. So 77, I would be four. But it was released several times. So it was released in 77. It was re-released in 78 and 79. So I'm not sure which. I remember having a C-3PO, a C-3PO figure in my hand when I went. So it, it couldn't have been the original run. I don't know. It's, it's tough trying to put together those memories. But Star Wars was a hugely important thing in my life. Yeah. It still is, really. So. Yeah, the original, the actual Star Wars, I did see in the theater. I mean, I because I had four older brothers, so I was in that situation where I was going to get dragged along yeah. to the theater with them. So I saw a lot of movies when I was relative. I look back now and I'm like, wow, I saw that when I was like five or six or seven. And you kind of remember it. I do remember having like nightmare dreams a little bit over, over the original Star Wars, just about stormtroopers chasing me through Kmart. Like it was, it was morphed with the, literally morphed with the hallway, like the, uh, the aisles of, of, you know, and I'm running through different hallways and there's, you know, the, it was like the opening scene really had that impact on it. And, um, you know, Darth Vader coming through, trying to find me and you're hiding behind the, you know, the toy aisle and everything else. And I do have those memories of that, but, um, and I remember overall the, the movie pretty well, this thing, like I said, just, I, it was after it and I don't remember. Yeah. The original yeah. original Star Wars I saw in 81, I would have been like one or two years old, but I know this for a fact because my, and I saw it at home, didn't see it in the theater um, because I was born in 80. My dad, and I remember him telling this, he must've lorded this over us for a while. He must've spent something like $800, $900 on a VCR back in 81. And he only had enough money left over to buy one VHS tape because they were about 80 or 90 bucks a piece at the time. And so he bought the original Star Wars. Um, um, I still have that VHS tape sitting somewhere in a box. I will, I won't play it cause it'll get ripped to shreds if I do. Um, but yeah, I, I still have that. And that was, so that was like my babysitter for a while. Cause my, my parents realized if they stuck me in front of the TV and put that on, I'm not crawling away. I'm not going anywhere. I'm locked in. So that was, that was the start of my star Wars love affair. Okay. So on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being the most nerdy, Star Wars fan that you can be and one being you saw one of the movies. Where do you get, where do you guess fall? This, this one goes to 11. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I, I, that's for me. Yeah. For me, it's, I'm, I'm a 10. If there's something higher than 10. Sure. Like I'm the one Bo, if Bo was on here, he would tell you don't play star Wars trivial pursuit with me. Um, I had a buddy that I went to a, uh, I wanted to go to a star Wars trivia at a bar. That's, that's up uh, in one of the, uh, towns up here. And I didn't want to be the, the lonely dork sitting there by myself doing star Wars trivia. So a friend of mine went with me and he's like, I like star Wars, but I'm not gonna be able to answer any of these questions. And so I, I single-handedly answered every single question, right. And, and I won. I mean, I was in a room of like 80 other people and I, I won <laughs> just by myself versus these teams of like eight to 10 people. So, and, and I dress my family up. Like we go to the comic book conventions here in Chicago and my, my kids are dressed up. My daughter was the Mandalorian. My wife was, uh, Jocasta knew the, the Jedi librarian. The last time we went, you know, I've done Luke Skywalker and all this. No, if you, yeah, I go to 11. We'll, we'll put it that way. Okay. Pat, what about you? 
Well, if if John is a ten, like I, I've I've never like been John's in a convention. 11. He just said 11. Okay, John's eleven. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I would I would definitely say like an eight or a nine. Uh, the last like a ten. I mean, how much do I love Star Wars? I would say a ten. As far as like just having that knowledge, I, I think it would kind of be an insult to John if I kind of ranked myself in his category <laughs> of just having that knowledge. So that's that's the only thing that I would knock myself down a little bit on. Uh, um. But how much do I love Star Wars? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I remember, you know, like some of my earliest members playing with the neighbor and like I, ha- I had a friend and she would come over and uh, I had I had dark hair. So I was Han Solo. My friend was blonde. So he was Luke Skywalker. And then I had a friend that would come over and she'd be Princess Leia. I mean, from the earliest memories, I remember having the toys, playing with the toys, grabbing dowel rods or breaking the the broom part off a broom handle and then taping it up to make a lightsaber and i mean doing all those things and just like like super early memories um it's star wars was always a part of it i in fact like one of my earliest i remember empire strikes back um because i was two when empire came out and I remember being taken to the theater to see it and my parents deny that up and down but like I remember getting freaked out with the Imperial Walker scene. I mean, and that scene still, I watch it and it, it activates something in the reptilian brain. You know, I'm just like, you know, drawn to that. But I remember getting like a shoebox, like you'd buy shoes and the shoebox, you could open it up and it had some little like pieces you could play with. And it was like a, a little, your shoebox became this play set that looked like Hoth. Like it had a little picture of the Millennium Falcon. And, you know, so, I mean, all these like super early memories um, of, of being a kid and playing with that and all that. And, I mean, it was like Star Wars was always there. You know, you as soon as the books started coming out before when there were only three movies, picking up all the books, reading all the books, talking about it with friends. You know, the idea that there's going to be a prequel series. What? No, really? Well, yeah, look at it, dude. It says episode four. That means there's one, two, like just I remember spending hours talking about that. And uh, so anyways, I won't get too long winded, but I would definitely say eight or nine. I mean, I'd say 10, but I can't compare to, to John's, uh, you know, level of star Wars intelligence and, and dedication. So I, I wouldn't want to put myself in his class uh, of that, but love for star Wars. Yeah. I, I definitely put it up there. All right, Dennis, you're next. Yeah. I mean, I would very much echoing a lot of what Pat says, especially when John says it's 10 or 11. Now I would say during uh, when I was younger, when, you know, from new hope to empire strikes back, when those all originally came out as a kid, I'd be up there with 11 with John. I mean, we had everything we were involved. I mean, it was, it was like, yeah, you were, you were just, you were all in with that and just waiting to do whatever you had to do to get there to see that movie on opening day. We saw, I remember seeing empire strikes back when it first came out, like first day opening day, waiting in line, um, and then same thing with Jedi. It was like we had to see those. Now that I'm, you know, elderly, it's like now you get to the point where with all the other movies, I would say sim- similar thing with Pat, where there's people who are still so very diehard about that all the way up to whatever comes out. While I love it at a 10, my knowledge and probably fan qualifications would be probably closer to like the eight. So I would put it by probably like around an eight. That would be fair. Otherwise, like you said, like, like Pat perfectly said, it's kind of an insult to anybody who's a 10. If you're going to set 10 as the benchmark and John is an 11, I got to go down to about eight, maybe eight and a half, you know? So you got George Lucas and John as a 10 and then you dr- drop it down just a little bit lower than that. Yeah. John yeah. may, may be above George. Lucas, <laughs> I don't know that he cares as much about his. George um, Lucas, <laughs> John, John Favreau. 
Where are you? Okay, so I'm glad to be here with you guys because I, I know that Jason ranks far above me as well. He's going to put himself in, in, in the same area that you guys are at. So I watched all of the movies and I can tell you things about all of the movies. And when I was a kid, I had Star Wars sheets on my bed and I played with the figurines, but I was not action figures. Say figurines. Figurines. Whatever. <laughs> I I played with those a little bit, probably as much as I played with the GI Joe guys. Um, but it was I don't have I don't have the nerd knowledge base on this one. I obviously have it on a whole lot of other things, plenty of nerdness over here, but Star Wars is not my wheelhouse. Um, so I would say I'm probably a five. Okay. All right. Uh, for me, I would say for the original trilogy, I would say I'm a ten. But I drop, I, dr- I start dropping after that. So the, the prequels, I was very, I was opening day guy and, you know, uh, very interested in those. I was a little bit let down and, you know, the books and the comics, I kind of fade, but four, five, and six for me, I, I'm, I'm top of the heap probably. So very, very meaningful movies to me. Changed my life. So we, I said we should probably break up the, the conversations that we'll have from time to time by, um, doing a little bit of trivia. And my intention was to bring some Star Wars trivia. And Jason actually has the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, but I forgot mine, but I happen to have 80s and 90s trivia cards in my car. So I, <laughs> I said to Jason, I'm like, this is actually good because I would just fail miserably at the Star Wars trivia. But we will break it up from time to time with some Star Wars trivia and see see if you guys have accurately... Are we ready? Rank yourself. Yeah, you. I'll let me do one. Let me okay. do first. Right. Since I'm the guy that doesn't know the Star Wars stuff, I'll be the questionnaire. All right. All right. Okay. What is the first line of dialogue spoken in A New Hope? Mm. <laughs> okay. Jason has his hand up. He's rung his buzzer. Pat, you have your hand up. And John, do you know it? I think I do. I, you guys had your hand up first, but I think I know it. Okay. I'm going to say I don't know it. Okay. I'm going to say it's C-3PO saying they've shut down the main reactor will be destroyed for sure. I think it's C-3PO saying, did you hear that? I think I might want to put my hand down. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to say they've shut down the main reactor but I didn't remember the the next part, so I don't remember the portion of it. Portion of it is C three PO saying they've shut down I'm, the main reactor. I would reactor. bet that John is correct on that because I I think that other line comes either more right. like a couple sentences in. I think it's "Did you hear yeah. that they've shut down the main reactor?" Well, yeah. that is the correct answer. Did you hear that they shut down the main reactor? So I don't know who to give credit to on that one because you were close, but I got to say that John. Got the first at least four words spot on. So I'm now, technically, did R two D two beep or anything before that? Would that count as dialogue? Oh, uh, maybe. So. <laughs> was he responding back to him, or was he actually the first line? Yeah, I don't know. Dang, dang it! Well, it's it's already, hey, it's you already beat me. I mean, I'm done. It's it's no. life. It's life day. It's a group group effort. I mean, we got you know we got <laughs> we got the first couple of lines together as a collective thing. So. All right. Well, are we ready to dive into the Star Wars holiday special? Dive into this thing like a pool we didn't know was empty. (laughs) Okay. So like we said, this was released on November 17th, 1978. 
um, the budget was about a million bucks on this. We're <laughs> 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 laughing already. The Arthur charged that much? One million dollars. <laughs> One million bucks in 1978. I mean, what was Star Wars' budget? I mean, it wasn't tons, you know? <laughs> Oh, well, well, anything that resembled a special effect was all like a, like a, like a, a, a grab from the movie. So I don't know what yeah. they spent. They stole a lot of stuff, you know, footage from the original Star Wars on this. Oh, yeah. 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 The, uh, yeah. the original, the budget, the budget for the original Star Wars movie is 11 million. 11 million bucks. Yeah. Okay. This is at least as 10th of good. As, t- a tenth <laughs> as good. Yeah. If Star Wars is a 10, then this is a, a one, right? Right. <laughs> By the way, this is the worst score I've ever seen on IMDb. It ranks 2.1 <laughs> on IMDb out of 10. I've never seen a score that bad in my life. Wow. Wow. Okay. Have you guys, did I take it that you guys watched the, on YouTube, there's one particular showing of it from a uh, Ohio TV station that's really clear. Yeah. Yes. W-H-I-O, I believe, Channel 7 in Dayton has this wonderful copy on YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet and you're listening to this and you want to throw away an hour and 37 minutes of your life, check it out on YouTube. It is crystal clear and pretty good quality. Grab a beer. <laughs> yeah, the, the quality of that one is great. And and having seen this probably like six or seven years ago, this was a second watch for me or a second like all the way through watch for me. And I will say it was funny already knowing what I was getting myself into when I started watching this, you know, just a few days ago when that YouTube video popped up and it actually starts before the special starts. And it's like yeah. the Incredible Hulk will not be shown tonight. And I'm sitting there going, oh, man, Incredible Hulk. I'd. I'd almost much rather. I'd much rather watch that. You put me on the on the Incredible Hulk nerd scale, and I'm I'm a (laughs) ten, a solid ten on the Incredible Hulk. I had when my brother would go get baseball cards, I would only get Incredible Hulk cards. I obsessed over Lou Ferrigno. I watched every movie he was in, even the ones that were well, they were all bad, but. Um, yeah, but the, but the okay. question, the question is D when you walk out of a room, do you have the lonely man theme queued up on your phone to play? <laughs> I put my head down there and you go. pull it up and roar. <laughs> yeah. Do, do people not want to make you angry? Like, like me when I'm angry. <laughs> okay. When his eyes turn pale blue, just run for the hill. <laughs> All right. So this was uh, broadcast on a Friday, right around Thanksgiving. Uh, like we said, November 17th. 13 million people watched this. It finished second behind the love boat. Let's be specific. 13 million people watched about the first hour <laughs> of this. And then there was a unanimous click heard around the world as people <laughs> turned their TV dial to some other channel besides CBS. It's, yeah, it's, as, yeah. if, it's as if a million voices suddenly cried out in terror. <laughs> and were suddenly silenced. <laughs> I got that reference. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> this this one started off, it was a pitch by CBS to Lucas, and they wanted to do it, and Lucas saw this as an opportunity to make more money with the action figures Thank and you. other merchandise. Um, and so, but their plan was to do a, like a combination of Star Wars and a variety show, because in the 70s, variety shows were the thing, right? You had uh, the Carol Burnett show, and you had like... Hee-haw. Hee-haw. There were a bunch of... The Mandrell sisters. Yeah. Yeah, there were a ton of those kind of variety shows. But actually, by 
1978, people had kind of gotten tired of them. So it was a really dated idea that they decided to go ahead with anyway. Well, and frankly, I mean, you, you guys are probably going to mention this, but frankly, on paper, this it looks like this should have been fine. Like uh, they had, they had some pretty good talent lined up for this. I mean, they had Art Carney. I mean, they had Harvey Corman. They, I mean, yeah, on, on paper. Hey, when, you, <laughs> when you said on paper, you meant cast. I wanted you to make sure that not writing. Cause when you no, 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 no. Yeah. No, exactly. the right. Oh, the writers. No, I think the writers. And I think some I of the writers. There and I'm like, if I read this like a screenplay, no. I am. I'm lost. Yeah. Like, no, lost. I, oh, the writers. I think, in fact, some of the writers even admitted that they were coked out of their minds when they made this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The the um, the original script actually sounded like it might have been pretty good. Like Lumpy disappears and they're trying to track him down. That sounded like it might have been a little bit more interesting story than waiting for Godot. I mean, waiting for Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca, <laughs> um, deadbeat dad, right? Okay, so that brings me to my I, next point. This is this is something where I'm just like, how do we have a guy who is working as a smuggler as his job, as the family man who has a kid and a wife and a dad at home, and he's got a nice house too. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I thought these guys were barely scraping by. And I mean, he's living in what I would consider a tree house. It's, yeah. it's that spice money. Yeah. I'm, Jason, I'm really glad to hear you say that. Cause I thought for, uh, um, when you said dead be dead, like, I thought, oh man, I'm watching this with too modern of a lens. I got to keep a lid on this tonight. I don't want, but then I watched that. That's kind of what I kept thinking was, he's is that his kid or is that his little brother like i don't and then and then yeah i i don't know that i bumped on that as well pat, uh, i'll just, pat, I'll don't, just suffice to say pat don't answer this question but how do you feel about superman and superman returns oh i'm with i'm with you i know what i'm with you <laughs> people complain he's a deadbeat dad in that one too isn't dangerous yep. creeper Okay, so this is a this is a this is a segue. Uh, so, have you guys seen the um, Dr. Rick uh, progressive commercials where he yes he's a parentologist and he's trying to keep people from turning into their parents after they buy their first house? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I asked my kids this question earlier: What is a dad cliche cliche thing that I do? My son, who I thought would totally trash me, he's like, I don't know, you don't really do anything. But my daughter sends me this video that she took yesterday of me and the dog, where I'm like playing and wrestling around with the dog, and she's got the little comment above. Two years ago, Dad says, "I do not want another dog," and of course, I love the dog more than anybody in the house. That's my dad. <laughs> What what have you guys found yourselves doing like things that your parents did that you're just like, I can't believe that I'm doing these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've got an example specific. I'll think, but I'll tell you, I'll say something. And then all of a sudden, like, it'll be like, oh, my gosh, I hear my dad. Like, yeah. I will I will straight out hear my dad. You know what I'm saying? And um and uh, like it's phrases, usually phrases, phrases. And it's, it's, it's the sound of it's the sound of the voice, too. That's what gets me. So I watched I watched Footloose the other day. So I watched the original Footloose. OK. And I, and I 
I like Ren, but I see myself siding with the pastor a little bit more. <laughs> kids, kids get killed when they're out driving drunk and uh, going to dances sometimes. They, kids are stupid. You're like Roger Murtaugh. You're like, you'll put some clothes on. <laughs> That's right? right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> my, my kids will pick on me because I do the, I constantly doing the dad jokes. Um, but the other thing too, my dad used to do, and this was, this was pre-internet, um, he must have just he must have researched everything before we would go on any family trips, because the man would then we take us to museums. He'd take us to all these different places. And he, with this knowledge, if he didn't go on Jeopardy and get like millions of dollars, then he was wasting his time because he just whenever we go somewhere, he'd be like, well, you guys, you know, um, in 1732, this particular site was. It? And, and that was I mean, that was pre-Internet. So this guy, I, I don't right. know. I don't know how he just collected all that knowledge. I think he did actually look stuff up right before we'd go on a trip. So it wasn't just all stored up there. But uh, I mean, he was a master of the dad splaining. And uh, I, I've been told several times by my kids that uh, I am, I'm kind of guilty of that too. Yeah. My kids dare not ask me a question about eighties or nineties movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just put it on. Okay. So one of the cool things about, Okay. One of the cool things about the Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978, you actually do get Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford as Han Solo. You get Carrie Fisher with the buns. You get <laughs> Peter Mayhew. The hair buns. Let's talk about hair <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she had very nice buns. <laughs> Carrie Fisher had nice buns back then. <laughs> For sure, by Return of the Jedi. Well, okay. Yes, <laughs> yes, your worshipfulness. Peter Mayhew is Chewbacca. You have Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Kenny Baker, for whatever reason. Not there. Not there. They used the remote control R2-D2. and So his introduction was R2-D2 as, as himself. R2-D2, mm-hmm. right. And then you have James Earl Jones. Who was, did pro- not. Yeah, he did not get credit in the original Star Wars. That's right. So this is the first time that you hear that Darth Vader is James Earl Jones. Huh. Yep. Wow. So that, to me, as a kid, I mean, even as an adult, that part of me where I want to absorb anything from A New Hope, right? Anything from A New Hope. I loved, particularly I loved The Muppet Show with Mark Hamill in it. Yeah. Stuff like that, as a kid, I love that stuff. Anything extra I can get my hands on was awesome. And these segments are bad but it is those characters, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are still their characters, except that Luke, for some reason, here's the thing. So Luke can speak. He's good buddies now, for some reason, with Chewbacca's extended family. I can't oh, yeah. figure that part out. Like, yeah. not only he close with them, like, knows their personality, like they've spent months and months together, but he also speaks their language. <laughs> Until you get to the cartoon... Where CP where C three PO says, "Well, you need me to go with you so that I can translate what Chewbacca says." I'm like, "Wait a minute! Didn't we just see him talking in the Chewbacca language?" To he was doing charades. No, because it's what it is. Is Luke is playing a prank on Chewie? He absolutely (laughs) knows how to speak the Wookiee language. It's just Chewie he won't talk to. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned, you know, that feeling of, okay, all the stars were in there. And I, I get what you're saying. I mean, that that's definitely like, wow, they they got those. I mean, I kind of get the feel when, when watching this, it's almost like 
watching a, a, a like an episode of Saturday Night Live, right? Where they'll do a spoof on, you know, they'll get the guest in and then they'll do a spoof on whatever movie that guest was in where, you know, the costumes are, oh, those look like the costumes from the movie, but they're just a little bit more silly or they'll have the action from the movie, but it's a little bit more silly. And so that's kind of the lens that I, I, I kind of fell into as I'm like, oh, dude, I've, because I'd never seen this before. You know, I, I watched it uh, just watch within it the last through? day or so. And I'm like, I, I did because I'm like, I'm like, well, I don't want to go on the podcast and be like the guy that reads the first chapter of the book and then tries to do the book discussion. So I like went all the way through. And the only thing that carried me through was just think of it like you would like sitting there watching like Saturday Night Live, just not funny. And that's kind of what it was, was it, it was the variety show. And it had that flavor of Saturday Night Live where they're falling into their routines, but they're looking at the cue cards, right? The, the, the sets are, are kind of made with a, a little bit of that campy thing, um, that campy feel, but you're excited because it's like, Oh wow. Harrison Ford is hosting Saturday night live tonight or Mark. And now all three. So that it was kind of a, I kind of got that vibe from it. And maybe that was just a survival tactic of my brain. I'm not sure, but that was kind of what I felt watching the watching this and and then you start watching and you realize it's mid 80s saturday night live <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like let's let's just let's set the wookie's house on fire once this season is done <laughs> okay i made a reference a few minutes ago i probably should explain it if you've never seen this holiday special it it revolves around mala who is chewbacca's wife itchy who is Chewbacca's dad and Lumpy, who is Chewbacca's son. Right. They actually have better Wookiee names, but that's what they call him on the show. Yes. Yeah. They it, they explained it later. I, the thing about this, okay, so one of the variety shows that was out at the time was this thing that probably nobody remembers called Shields and Yarnell. Yes. And so they got writers from Shields and Yarnell because it was like a mime couple. And so, you know, hey, we're going to be doing writing for people or for Wookiees that don't speak. So this seems like the right writing folks, but that wasn't who they ended up with. Ultimately, they ended up with Pat Proft, who he wrote Hot Shots, Scary Movie, Real Genius. And then Bruce Valanche, who he, you know who he is? Hollywood Squares. Yes, Hollywood Squares all the time. He was a part of the Adam Sandler, Zohan thing, and he would write for comic relief and the the Oscar shows. So with those guys in tow, you'd think, hey, this is going to be a well-written thing. With Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and George Lucas kind of kind of doing the story. Yeah. And you get Art Carney, who is a comedic actor. Harvey Corman. I really wish he had done this part as Ed Norton. That would have been the best. If he had <laughs> if he had just been just <laughs> that would have been fantastic oh man and here's the thing he his character was originally supposed to be lando i i heard this he was like he was and they they obviously watered it down but his his character was supposed to be not involved in like trinket trade, but like human trade. And so you can see the similarity of Lando's character, but you can also see the similarity in how he's macking down on Mala when he comes in <laughs> like old Billy D. Williams. Mm. Yeah, that was, I mean, that there were, I did, I'm sure we're probably gonna get more into this, but good Lord, there were some really awkward 
really awkward scenes, awkward comments, awkward looks. I, in fact, that the, the scene you're talking about when he comes in and he's talking to Mala, either on that first one with the view screen when he's talking to her and he has like the worst possible secret code ever. <laughs> um, what was that? What he's, he's trying to explain to her is that, that uh, yeah, that, that, you know, that shaggy carpet that you ordered. Um, um, I know what you're calling. It's, it's on its way. It's going to arrive at your house. Um, you know, there was a little woman like four planets away. She did it by herself. In fact, you might say she did it by <sighs> hand. So low. Williams pronounces his name wrong and all of uh, Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, you've, you've got those scenes where there's just these awkward looks and, and kind of when he first came in, you know, in person to the house and the way he was looking at and talking to Mala, I'm like, dude, it's Chewbacca's wife. I mean, I know he's not around, but then the first thought that jumped in my head, this is how twisted it was. The first thought that jumped in my head was Rizzo the rat from Muppets Take Manhattan going, have you ever considered interspecies dating? (laughs) Hey, speaking of that, I mean, Art Carney's all over Mala. Princess Leia's kind of got her hands all over Chewbacca through, uh, during the red robe ceremony. And obviously, uh, itchy is very into <laughs> human females as well. Since Diane Carroll is just a projection of his own imagination. Should we just talk about that? Should we well, just I think right into that? it's, I mean, it's never quite explained exactly what life day celebrates. So, and, and we don't see, I don't think we see the full ceremony. I'm starting to think that maybe like there's a password to get into life day that, you know, only Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman know about and everybody's wearing masks and yeah. It's code words, right? Yeah. Okay. So Pat, I want to get your take on this. Okay. This is your first time to watch when you saw the virtual reality that Art Carney hooks up itchy with. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm sitting there thinking, well, I'm sitting there trying to remember, like, because the VR, the kid could get into the VR, too. Right. And Itchy was the dad. Itchy's the dad. It's It's like, well, first of all, like, I could just think, like, they can't be going there. And then it was just like, no, I I think they're going there, Pat. Like, I'm talking to myself. (laughs) And it's just like you with any doubt. No, they, they really don't. And then I'm like, well, dude, <laughs> this is this is the 70s. So but I mean, it was like, OK, so I'm just imagining, OK, we're at the family get together and dad needs to escape. So he's going to take the VR in the back room. And all of a sudden this gal appears on screen dancing out of the mist. It was sort of like the little fairy creatures. Right. It was sort of. And then it's like all your desires and all your this and all your dreams. And I was kind of I was kind of half listening to this thing. And it was like, oh, you're excited. Yeah. I mean, experience me, Pat. (laughs) Right. It's 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 I'm going to I'm going to quote I'm going to quote John's favorite movie. And I'm sorry, John, because, you know, you're going to want to go off on the quotes there. But uh, when he's like, good morning, Vietnam, and they're doing the they're doing the reviews for when the lieutenant tries to take over the show. And it was like the review was and he looks at it and he says, uh, you stink. Eat a bag of you know such and such. And the guys, this review is pretty explicit, sir. Not too much gray area in that one. As soon as they got to that scene where all of a sudden the gal's sitting there and what are your deepest what are desires or urges? I'm just like, that's pretty explicit. There's not too much gray area. They're they're going for what they think. And then I was like, was this a TV? Show? Like, what the heck is going on? Well, so that was my that was my reaction. And then 
then I knew what was going on. And, and I'm wondering how many, I'm wondering how many parents in 1978, I wonder how many parents are watching this with their kids. Hey kids, Star Wars, gather around the TV, let's Uh, watch. And then this scene starts and the parents are like, no play. What is, um, kids, why don't you go, go get daddy another drink in the kitchen real quick. Let's leave the room. That happened at my house. I have I have heard from multiple sources that that it was their intention, the writer's intention, to make this soft soft core porn that they could get into a TV show in prime time. And I've heard it from several places, but I have not heard why. Why would you do that? What I mean, what possible motivation could you have? I was just gonna say cocaine. That's right. Yeah, it was. uh, It was uh, one of the writers and producers. Was it Mitzi Welch? I think had said. I think she was the one quoted as saying, "Yeah, we just we wanted to try to get in some softcore porn into the. uh, We wanted to see as far as we could push it. Like, what could we get into this holiday special? And I'm sitting there thinking. I'm reading this quote. I'm sitting there thinking, there are at least seven things wrong with that sentence. (laughs) <laughs> how much of this can we get into that holiday special? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Based on yeah. a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's crazy. It's crazy. But the funny thing is, is I would say that that's not the worst thing about the special. For me, the nine and a half minutes of Wookiees talking with no subtitles. Yeah. was worse. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I can understand. Somebody says, no, listen, Chewbacca doesn't have subtitles. So the Wookiee talk doesn't have subtitles. Well, yeah, that's great. But Chewbacca always had someone with him who could respond in such a way that you knew what he said. Mm-hmm. Nine mm-hmm. and a half minutes of them running around the house. And yeah. here's the thing. Here's what we found out. This thing was supposed to only be an hour long. But when the when advertisers found out it was coming out. There were so many people begging to be on board. They decided to stretch it to basically a two hour special. And that's why you have so much time that you're just staring at the screen going, what, what in the world, why would anybody want to watch this? Who thought this was a good idea? And, and I remember reading that they told George Lucas at the time that, cause it was his idea to focus it around Chewbacca's family. And I remember reading something somewhere that they're like, um, okay, George, this d- d- Wookiee's talking for extended periods. It, it's not going to work. It's like, yes, Chewbacca can do it without, without subtitles, but that's because Chewbacca is not standing there giving like Mark Anthony's speech from Julius Caesar. You know, he's, he's not, it's he's, he's not a soliloquy. It's, it's, he talks and Han responds or somebody else or C-3PO translates or yeah. It, and I, and from my understanding, like that was, that was almost the extent of George Lucas's participation was to basically say, okay, fine, do this thing. And Hey, I think you should do it um, using Chewbacca's family as the focal point. And that's just, yeah, it's and it's and it's painful. It's painful and it and it bothered me so much when I read I was like when I watched this for the first time I I didn't really look up to see who like the producers were and the and the costume design and everything else. And then when I did finally look that up and I was like, "Good, these Wookiee costumes, they look terrible. Like Itchy just looks like Archie Bunker version of Chewbacca." <laughs> and the the sounds are just terrible in this. I mean, it sounds lumpy every once in a while. Sounds like you know when when ET is kind of chittering and running around and, and doing that kind of stuff. And then I looked yeah. it up, and it's it's Stan Winston did the creature designs, and yeah. it was Ben Burt did the sound, you know, from the the yeah. Star Wars yeah. movies. And I'm sitting yeah. there going, 
what happened to you guys? Like, yeah. why did you let it? Was it, was it the, well, yes. Yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were powdering, powdering their nose during every commercial break. They had been before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so George Lucas had a little bit of involvement with it before he had, he had come, he had watched dailies and the, the original director was actually a guy that went to USC with him. It was a guy named David Acomba. And after like, two days of shooting he was like i can't forget this crap yeah this is terrible i can't get along with the producers and so they brought in this guy named steve binder now steve binder had done a couple of really big like he did the petula clark tv special which was in 1968 which was a huge deal because it was like she was singing a, a duet with harry belafonte and touches his arm it's part of the singing well, in 1968, apparently that was a huge deal, and people were like, executives were like, we can't show this in the South. People will lose their minds. A white woman touching the arm of a black man, and basically they did it anyway. And so it was a bit, he was a big part of that. And then he was also part of the Elvis Presley 68 comeback special, which was huge because nobody knew who the crap – I mean, I said nobody knew – People didn't recognize Elvis anymore. 68, he had lost all his fame, and that really was a big comeback special for him. But the only information that he got from George Lucas was the Wookiee Bible. That's it. That's all he had. That's just just the details of how they should look and behave, and that's all he's got going for him. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talent involved in this show. It just didn't come together. There was no real oversight. Yeah, George Lucas. I think, he, I think you guys missed the quality acting with the eyes. Like you knew what she was feeling <laughs> just by the long, slow close-up that they held on her face for so long. Like she really missed and loved Chewbacca. And she yes, was she really, did. You could. You look at that picture. I don't know why you need subtitles for that. I mean, anybody who's had their, you know, this is <laughs> something they love can identify, and I think that's what they're banking on. Um, as far as uh, as far as John saying with the the, the costumes, I, immediately I, I did watch this with my seventeen year old son, which was hilarious because it was kind of like punishment. Um, he, he was excited about it at first because I started watching it, and then I said I brought it up, and he's like, "Oh, really? There was a special set." We started watching. I said, "Yeah, you're going to sit down, and you're going to watch this." So we started watching it literally on the TV because we had it pulled up through uh, Apple TV or whatever. The quality looked really good, so we might have had the version that you had. Um, but it looked like Dr. Zayas from the Planet of the Apes. That was like lumpy, like a young Dr. Zayas. And then <laughs> if anybody's ever seen uh, the Nairobi trio from, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the TV guy, Ernie Kovacs. That's what Itchy reminded me of. You, you said a cross between kind of Archie Bunker. But if you look at the costumes, if you just type in Nairobi trio, it, black and white pictures might not look as good. But that mask, just his face and his lip, it just looked absolutely horrible. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was as Wookiees age, their bottom lip grows. <laughs> I <laughs> like pulled up over it. Like yeah, it was. It was yeah, and I, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I, I just have a quick question. You know, Dennis, you. I would, I'm curious. You know, some of the stuff we were just talking about. You remember seeing this? And and I guess I, I'm curious. Like, did at any point when you were watching this, did you get like, this isn't like as a kid this isn't good or like that scene where the the mystic lady appeared out of the vr did that get awkward for you and then flipping forward when you watch this with hunter did you bump on any of those things like oh this is not going the direction that i want to like if you don't mind me asking i'm just curious no, no that's fine i mean i'm honestly like i started watching it prior like a couple days ago like a few days okay. ago on my own and then it, when it got to the weird bits and pieces i was just like whoa this i like i'm not 
but I still, for the podcast, I need to watch the thing. That's when it was like, all right. So it was put on hold. And then when Hunter's sitting there watching it, my son, it was, we're, we're eating kind of dinner and watching this. And, and as it's going, is just looking at his reactions. I mean, I knew what to expect already. Like a lot of it, because I was like, I was like, no, this is weird. Like it gets weird. And it was getting weirder and weirder. I will be honest. I can't say that I saw the whole entire version this time, because as this went on to keep him watching, I had to fast forward through any of the musical numbers. <laughs> skip ahead a little bit. I was like, all right, people are singing and dancing. Skip ahead a little bit. All right, we're back with what that number's done. And then we go into the, So anytime it kind of kicked into a musical number, we kind of like, okay. went through, we skipped a little bit ahead, but I did get enough of the, the weird, you know, that weird vibe too. But, um, okay. Yeah. And then the B Arthur song just, yeah, I was just like, once we're out of that, that felt like a total Muppet song skit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, that was bizarre and a little creepy with, uh, with Harvey Corman coming in. I'm like, they really got Harvey Corman to like play as many parts as they could in this. They like, I think he was the bulk of that million dollar budget there. And that's why yeah. <laughs> he was, he was on the, just for who, anybody who doesn't know, Harvey Corman was on the Carol Burnett show, which was one of those variety shows. Uh-huh. And he was, he was prob- the fourth funniest person yeah, on that show out of a cast of five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was good in blazing saddles, Yeah, but my, I, what I'd heard is he was kind of a prima donna on that show. And so and, this was probably a, Hey, I'm in the new star Wars special. Ha ha ha. And show, I'm yeah. be pouring drinks in the top of my head and <laughs> be a four armed cook. One of the funny, uh, one of the funny uh, things that we were saying, like uh, as we're watching it, my son's like, I'm trying to think how he phrased it. He goes, he goes, uh, so, so is this the, uh, is this the first one? Is this the first one? Like he was like thinking, was this before the? And I go, what do you mean the first one? He goes, he goes, you know the one. Be, was this before? Did this come before New Hope? No, I did not. See and I'm like, and I'm like, uh, if there was, if this was the first one, if this was the first one, there wouldn't be a second one. So. Yeah, right. That's right. right. <laughs> he said, no, it's not. It is. <laughs> Tell me what you said then. Here, go ahead. Hey, you, Alison the Hedge. You guys don't know what movie that's from. Anyway, <laughs> what'd you say? Oh, now you got nothing to say. It's literally like the movie Easy. If you've ever seen the movie Easy Money, Alison the Hedge. Anyway, uh, go look that one up. Easy Money, Roddy Dangerfield. Good movie. Okay, so okay, all right. Well, he'll get back to me on that. But that, that's what I said to him. I, I literally said, if this was the first one, then there there would not be a second one. That's right. Absolutely. There's no way anybody would have. I think people. I I will say that I would be interested to see how many people did stick with it for the whole time because when you said that a lot of people would have clicked off i actually don't think so because there's enough clips of like the live action and then when you see luke and you you're just it kind of keeps you just enough to where you're about to turn it off but you're hoping that this is going to get better and it's going to make sense like you just i think there's that like they give you enough of a little bit of oh han solo's in it so he has we haven't seen him or you know like you're thinking someone else is gonna come in and make this better and it's all of a sudden gonna take off like that's what you kind of keep thinking and then as, a, as you realize, you know, as it would go to the commercial, I don't know if your version showed like, you know, we'll be right back with the Star Wars Christmas special. And then we started, I started like, like, please don't. <laughs> well, and you, you say, you say Han Solo is in it, but every time yeah. I saw Harrison Ford on screen, I, I, I looked at his face. I'm like, I know that look. I know that's the look my 13 year old has when we have to sit on the couch and do the family zoom once a week and he doesn't want to be there. That's what that what? look is. I was thinking, you know how he wanted to be killed off? I think this is the reason he wanted to be as character. <laughs> yeah. Like, this probably did it. Like, at this point, he's like, shit, I can't. Yeah, look, I can't look George, I'm, George, I'm really excited about the uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. But, um, yeah, after the yeah. holiday special, I, I need you to kill my character. 
Just kill it. Just get it. It's a mercy killing. Just have it be like Life Day Part Two. I don't know. Kind of reminded me like the old, I don't know, the whole vibe of it. Like, you know, you were saying like the, uh, Pat was maybe saying um, a little bit of the Muppet type of stuff, but it reminded me of like when you go to almost like the characters were hired, that you're making that Saturday Night Live comparison where the, 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 the outfits and everything aren't exactly like what they were. It seems like a kind of like third rate thing, but kind of reminds me like if you hired a bunch of people for a birthday party to do a star Wars theme, or you went to like the old great America when they used to have that theater where you'd go in and they'd have like a reenact and they'd have like kind of a little bit of a story about something and it would be mixed in with musical numbers. Like it was like, that was the vibe they went for, which makes sense. Cause that was common at the time. But that's the maddening thing is that they got Ben Burt. They got Stan Winston. Those were right. even actually, those, those were the alien costumes from the yeah. original star Wars movie. They just like painted over some of them. And that's, what's right. maddening about this whole thing is it was like, you were handed everything. Like you were just, you were given what you needed. You even got to pull clips from the movies and throw them in there. And it, you just, yeah, I, I, I can't even finish that sentence. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. That's the thing for me is, you know, you're watching that cantina scene and that captures my attention as a new hope fan. I'm like, wow, this is, there's that guy. And there's that guy that makes that noise. And there's those two guys that are always, but it's the lighting. It, it shows it shows how well executed a new hope was because they didn't look terrible, but you see those, the broad daylight on those crappy costumes, you realize, Whoa, that could have been, that could have been, I mean, the new hope could have looked funky like this, you know? And then Walrus man and Greedo rise from the dead, even though she calls him Ludlow and, you know, Walrus man's arms back on, but yeah. it, that, that part was interesting to me. The, the B Arthur part, we're getting, we're, we're moving along now, but, um, okay, time for some trivia on that note. Okay. Oh, characters oh. that show up in other movies. Which character from the prequel trilogy, prequel trilogy, makes a surprise appearance in Solo? I'll give you the, the three. Well, actually, we're, we're not going to. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it that I, I got multiple choice, but I feel like you're going to know the answer anyway. John's got his hand up. Anybody else? Which one, which character from the prequel trilogy? Yes. Shows up in solo. Yes. Oh, okay. So I've got, okay. okay. John has to answer last given that he's the 11. Yeah, you go first. I'm not. Okay. okay. Pat, what do you think? Darth Maul. Well, yeah, there you go. Yep. That's it. You got it. Okay. All right. Hey, you got that one. Uh, I, I could have got that one. I didn't think <laughs> fast. Okay. Okay. So we were talking masks earlier. Mala's mask was repurposed from a Chewbacca mask from the original film. <laughs> and the actress that played Mahler was not an actress. It was a man, baby. <laughs> <laughs> She's a man, man. Ladies to play this She's part. six foot eight or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So the actor's name is Mickey Morton, and he was not only Mala, he was also Torque, and he was also Chief Gormanda's second pair of arms. <laughs> No wonder he was reluctant to give Art Carney a kiss. <laughs> Already been hugging on the back of Harvey Corman. Oh. Okay, do we want to talk about uh, Mark Hamill in makeup? 
He had some guy liner going on, didn't he? Oh my god! He's getting out of the way here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Have you seen? <laughs> That's terrible. It's really bad. Have you seen the pictures where they like change the characters from Star Wars into in the, back. the opposite gender, where like oh, yeah. Luke and yeah. Han are made to look like they're women? When yes. I saw this, I was like, "Holy crap! This is where they got the idea." Because he's. <laughs> He's got some major makeup going on in this one. Well, and I yeah. and I, I felt a little bad. Like one of the first times I saw that, I was like, Gah. what did they do? Like, why did they just, they, 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 I don't know. He's got at least like seven coats on. Like yeah. the first couple didn't take. So they just kept going. And, but then I kind of felt bad about that. Cause I'm like, then I read up something on it and they're like, well, it could have been because he was in that really bad car accident and he <laughs> needed to have <laughs> some additional oh, makeup or, yeah. yeah. So that may be, I, I read something, I don't know how valid that is or how accurate that is, but I, one of the things I read said he was in such heavy makeup because he had been in that near fatal car crash in, mm. um, oh gosh, it was right, it was not long after or, or actually right before um, Star Wars came out in 77. Yeah, yeah, so it was the year before. See, that's okay. BS. I don't buy that for one second yeah. because you don't need eyeliner no. to cover up facial scars yeah. and he didn't wear all that crap and Empire Strikes Back. Right, you know? right. So. Yep, you guys are right. It's January of 77 is okay. when he got into that accident. But now just a, a terrifying amount of makeup. It's so orange. He looks like Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> I heard another podcast say he looked like Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Gosh, I'd rather a, a wampa rip my face off than look like that. You know what? He yeah. put all that makeup on just for Mala because he just, give me a smile. Come on. Give me a smile, Mala. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was creepy. It, I, I don't know how to fra frame this next thought, but it was just it's it's just it's interesting seeing the star wars world kind of like shoehorned into corporate how, greed <laughs> yeah corporate greed <laughs> but like I, I mean the idea that okay and i know i'm I, okay maybe i'm starting to go up the meter of star wars nerddom when i say this but it's just like is that how a wookiee family would live i mean the idea that okay well you know, they're home and they're all cooking and there's the cooking shows and they watch the thing and the kids got the new toy. You know, it's like we're shoehorning the Star Wars world, which is, is supposed to be like separate than from our world. But we're shoehorning it into our traditions and our value systems and all that kind of stuff. And obviously with all the kind of smarmy kind of, hey, kind of stuff, I don't know what value system I'm referring to, but it, it was just that was that was just kind of, it was kind of jarring to see Star Wars brought into that. Now, without 45 years of Star Wars canon and multiple movies and books and cartoons and all that, you know, I, I don't know if I'd still have the same reaction, but yeah, it was just like that, you know, it's, it's the square peg in a round hole kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know how far you want me to go on like my overall thoughts of this whole thing, because I'm sure we'll get into that, you know, to, more towards the end, but exactly what you just said, Pat, like this is to me, as I'm watching this, this is not a take the star Wars out. It's not a good holiday special. Like none of the jokes are funny. The musical acts are just, you're cringing at pretty much everything. I, some of them are, some of them are okay. Like some of them are fine to stand alone, but it's not a good holiday special and it's not good star Wars. Like it's, it's not even other than the people 
dressing up as their characters. There's nothing in this at all that is Star Wars because you're seeing, I mean, if this is what, if this is what Wookiee life is supposed to look like, it basically just looks like Wookiees live on, you know, the earth, earth in the seventies, maybe just in a giant tree house. I mean, there's, there's nothing mystical about it. There's nothing magical about it. It does not have the soul of the first Star Wars movie, you know, because that's all we had at that point. Um, and it's just there's nothing life day itself like that. That's one of my big gripes. If you were going to take this and if you really wanted it to get like the essence of Star Wars, I need to know what life day is like. What does that celebrate? What is life day? What is instead of focusing on, you know, hey, let's interrupt. Let's keep Lumpy busy with a holographic display you know, maybe further the story a little bit. And does life day tie into the force? Like, is life day just a Wookiee thing? Is it religious? Is it like, how is the empire trying to keep, is there a war on life day? And, you know, people are not allowed to call it life day. They got to call it something else. Or I, I don't know, but it, to me, it's just, there's so many missed opportunities. There needed to be a reason why, why Chewbacca had to get back for life day. Cause it was so right. important. I never knew why it was so important. No. We know there's a lot of singing and there's a lot of watching video. I mean, basically it's Thanksgiving. Everybody's watching TV and preparing food and whatnot, but we, we well, really special that now the Wookiees that never wear clothes now need to wear clothes. Too. Right. Yeah. What, what, what was that? I was just saying that Chewbacca has got to rush back just to put on this red robe and walk around in outer space. Why, how do they walk through space? Did they walk into the sun? What were, what were they doing? They're walking in space. And where does the tree of life come in? <laughs> like she gives that big speech and ends it with a tree of life. And I'm like, who said anything about the tree of life? Can we talk? Are we ready to talk about Carrie Fisher's singing voice? But yeah, it was, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And I thought and I loved that she looked like she was as high as a kite that she was singing <laughs> to. She was stoned out of her gourd. Listen, this is the last time that Carrie Fisher smiled in any Star Wars anything. <laughs> she was sad in Empire Strikes Back. She was sad in Return of the Jedi. Uh, she was at least happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Drugs will do that for Drugs, you. Drugs. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that that scene in particular, that was probably the the only for me, the only couple of segments or scenes that made some of it bearable. Like if I was going to fast forward the and I know I don't remember who it was earlier that was might have been Dennis or I did, somebody else was saying to me, I don't know, the B. Arthur scene. If you take out the weird, you know, sexual harassment from the guy who drinks through his head, um, <laughs> if, you, if you take that out. I, to me, that wasn't even a bad scene. I mean, if you're going to do you're going to do something in the Star Wars cantina, at least that one takes place in a Star Wars location and you've got Star Wars characters like some of the other acts. They're not they're completely devoid of Star Wars. Like you could remove it from the Star Wars holiday special, drum, dump it in some other holiday special and it would yeah. have been totally fine. So the B. Arthur song like that was actually one of my. I don't want to say favorite. That's really too strong of a word, but um, <laughs> that was that was one of the most tolerable parts parts of, of this whole thing. And then the Princess Leia part too. Like everything else, I could totally toss that out the window. Those to me, that in the in the Boba Fett cartoon, which I'm sure we'll talk about too. But um, those are really like the only three parts that I'm I'm even quasi okay with in this whole thing. I kind of dig the Jefferson Starship song. I thought that was a pretty <laughs> decent song. And it kind of looks like he's trying to impale his head with a lightsaber while he's singing it. But... <laughs> yeah. Uh, if only they would have sung, we built this city. <laughs> that would have helped. 
They could have switched it up. They probably didn't want to spoil anything, but they could have done. We built Cloud City. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. Man. That would have been That'd nice. That would have been nice. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the things that I thought was funny. Okay, so Mr. Star Wars Geek, John, does it bother you that they called the, the Wookiee planet Kazook the whole time? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I kind of, I kind of knew about that, so I just kind of was like, all right, all right. It had never been mentioned before. We'll, we'll chalk this up as a. We'll, I'm just going to chalk it up as a Han Han Leah Leah Kazook Kashik. We'll okay. just do that. It's people don't know how to pronounce names in the Star Wars universe, so I'm totally fine with it. Three Y's is tricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So one of the things I thought was funny <laughs> when lump. So one of the things, so that nine minute Wookiee, you know, interaction, mom, dad, or mom, grandpa, and son. The one thing that we know is that Mala is a good mom, keeps <laughs> keeps the house clean, yeah. and that Lumpy is a brat. I liked Lumpy. Lumpy was Lumpy was always in trouble with grandpa. Uh, yeah, but Grandpa was the jerk, not Lumpy. <laughs> Lumpy was good. And you know who? Uh, did you guys watch Buck Rogers? Mm-hmm. You know the little robot. Was it Twiggy? Twiggy. Twiggy. Yeah. Same same actress who played Twiggy also mm-hmm. played Lumpy in, oh, really? uh, yeah. in the Star Wars Holiday. Huh. You know that. You want you want to do some trivia? Actually, you know what? Yeah. This is actually pretty easy. Um, who is the only stop? Who is the only actor to have appeared in every theatrical Star Wars film? But I'll let somebody uh, else answer. I'll have to think, but I've got a guess. Oh, yep, I got it. Dennis, get an idea. Do you hear the question? Every uh, the only actor to appear in every theatrical Star Wars release? Yes. Um, no, I'm. I mean, I've got a couple guests, but uh, give me your best guess. On the spot. Yeah, I'm on the spot now. Art Carney. (laughs) (laughs) Going through each one, and then I always eliminate the person because they're like they're not in that one. He was he was the tallest Ewok. Art Carney. Yeah. (laughs) Akmina. Every single one. No, not in that one. I'm going to go through a process of elimination, which might take a while. So you might want to jump to get back to this one again. Give us your best shot. Um, Is it, is it, um, is it the C3PO character? Is it Anthony Daniels? That was my guess. That is the one I was going there. Okay. Uh, I guess he must have been. But then uh, R2-D2 wasn't with him all the time, I thought. <clears throat> no, because, there, because R2-D2, R2-D2, yeah, because Kenny Baker, the actor that played R2-D2, wasn't in <laughs> always, he wasn't in all, he wasn't always in the movies. Got it. Okay. That, that's yeah. what was throwing. Okay. And, and, and one of the, I want to say one of the only other people that might even come a little bit close would be, um, I mean, other than like some of the main actors would be uh, Warwick Davis because yeah. he always, you know, I think from Return of the Jedi on, he wasn't yeah. in the first two, but Return of the Jedi on, I think he was in every single one of them. Yeah. He now it was an actor that has been involved in 
more multi-million dollar franchises than any other actor. Like he's the friend because he was in he was in the Lord of the Rings stuff. He was in the um, Harry Potter stuff. He obviously was in the Star Wars stuff. Willow. And Willow, yes. Willow. <laughs> he is great. <laughs> Peter Mayhew was in Seven of Nine, or he was in Solo. Yeah, he He's been in a lot of them. So I'm talking about seven or eight, yeah. 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 Now, are we counting with the theatrical? Does that count like Solo and Rogue One? Yep. I'm trying and see. It's funny because I vaguely remember C-3PO in Rogue One. I don't know if I remember him in Solo. Wasn't in the bar. Mm. Where was he in Solo? Was it when they went to the? Uh, he might not have been in Solo. I don't know. That, that trivia question may be just a like a year or two before Solo. Hey, you know who was in Solo though? Mala. <laughs> Mala was in Solo. She was? Yes. Where? Really? Yes. When? Because they were... Was, was, yes. she, was she supposed to be that Wookiee that uh, Chewbacca kind of like he touches heads no. with before they separate? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's Mala. Bam. Wow. Wow. Well, that proves it. The Christmas special is <clears throat> canonical. Star Wars. It is. I had an argument with my son right before I came up here tonight. He's like, mm-hmm. this is crap. This is not canon. I'm like, this is canon. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yes, it is. So. I'll, I'll say this. It is such an interest. It, this is this is like a time capsule. If the only thing that existed in this whole world was just Star Wars, the movie, not even thinking of it as Star Wars episode for A New Hope, but just Star Wars. Like, like, and everything else didn't exist. Like if, if you put some dude on a desert Island and just gave him star Wars and said, and cocaine and said, come up with something. Um, but it's just interesting because it's like all the last 45 years of everything else that has been written and created doesn't exist. It, 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 I'll give it that. It is an interesting insight into, you know, when star Wars was kind of raw and not as, you know, hashed out. So, all right. So I, I found it. Anthony Daniels was in Solo. He was not C three PO. Okay. Oh, he played wow. he played a uh, a Coruscanti human male who was a slave working in the spice mines of Kessel in Solo. His character's so his, his character's name was Tack. Nice. So, who was he in Rogue One? Uh, Rogue One, C-3PO was in like for like yeah. two seconds in Rogue One, just as everybody's taken off at the end and they make some comment about, oh, right. like we're oh, yeah. the last to hear about anything. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right. Good call. Anthony Daniels. So yeah, he's, he's in everything. Special. Nice. The infamous Anthony Daniels. He's infamous. <laughs> <laughs> means he's more than famous. Three amigos. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's talk about this. Uh, the cartoon. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the cartoon. Cartoon is big because it is the first appearance of Boba Fett. What do you guys think about the cartoon? John, what do you think? Other than the animation being a little wonky, um, I thought it wasn't bad. Like it was you know, 
for a kid's cartoon, totally fine. Uh, as an adult watching it, I'm like, wow, you guys are really trusting of this masked bounty hunter, like real fast. Like, uh, I don't know. Any, anybody keeps calling me friend too often and he's carrying this big gun and, and, you know, wants to be my friend and and seems to have some ulterior motives here. I don't know that I'm going to question that a little bit, but I don't, Luke can be as trusting as he wants to be, but, um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Um, being the first, I think this is actually also the first Star Wars animation ever. I don't think there was ever any other animated. Um, I'm trying no, to remember. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, I mean, after this, you, and then after this, you would have had like uh, droids and Ewoks and, you know, uh-huh. some of those other cartoons that would come out later. Um, yeah. Other other than the animation being a little weird, I'm fine with it. And and it's the first time we get, um, you know, now that we've had the Mandalorian, it's the first time we get the uh, Ambin phase rifle and, and all that yeah. other stuff. And I mean, even, which is funny, you see, I know some people have kind of argued, they're like, the movies that Boba Fett is in, you know, before the special editions and it was really just Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Does he really do that much that proves that he's such a, you know, cool guy that everybody says he is in the movies? Eh, no, not really. Not necessarily. I mean, he kind of gets taken out like a chump uh, right. in Return of the Jedi. And right. other than other than being able to, you know, follow somebody other than tailing somebody in his car. Um, he really doesn't do a whole lot in uh, empire strikes back to just show just how cool he is in this one. I mean, he's, he's riding a dinosaur. Yeah, so I don't know. Talk, did we talk about that already? I don't think we did. So I started watching it. And as, as Luke lands on whatever planet it is, he's going to suddenly there's a dragon that comes out of the ground and starts attacking him. And then whatever it has to escape dives back into the ground. And I just thought, did they totally get this for the first episode of season two of Mandalorian? The sand mm. dragons. Yeah. 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 It could be. Well, cause I think, I think John Favreau and Dave Filoni, you know, who are, are running and directing yeah. Mandalorian. I think they've said several times that there are, there's quite a bit of stuff that was inspired by this cartoon. What was it? It was just called the faithful Wookiee. I think is the title of this cartoon. Um, and I think they've said, yeah, there's several things like, especially the gun. Um, yeah. But some of the sure. other stuff is directly from the holiday special that they've tried to put into the Mandalorian. Well, the, and, and, the skeleton of the crate dragon is in a new hope. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and even, even life day, life day gets referenced in the first episode of the Mandalorian. Oh man. I need yeah. to go. I messed up. Cause there was that first guy, that first guy that the Mandalorian is, is uh, trying to catch when he first goes into that one bar and it's the blue skinned yeah. guy. I forget what his name is. And no. um, he it's captures it, him and, and yeah. he says something about, you know, I just, I got to try to be home in time in time for life day or, or something. Nice. And uh, oh, I think that was the first other, that was the first ever other than the holiday special that ever gets mentioned. So that's why, you know, at the time life day, they kind of imply it's just a Wookiee thing in this one, but in the Mandalorian, now you've kind of gotten the idea that it's probably more than just Wookiee. So that's, I really would have in hindsight, obviously 2020, but um, I would have really liked to have just explored life day a little bit more. Um, but that's getting off from the Boba Fett cartoon. No, I, I really, I dig the Boba Fett cartoon. I like it. It's, and I, and I don't know if you guys are going to jump into it. I, I'm curious who thought up of who thought of Boba Fett. 
like I, I'd love to know like a like Joe Joe Johnston. Okay. Joe Johnston, guy that directed the Rocketeer, did Captain America. He designed oh. uh, Boba Fett and based him off of those like um King of the Rocket Men and some of those old movies. Um, you know, he he loved those old movies and that was he was the one responsible. He did a lot of the like I don't remember if he did he do part of the design for the Millennium Falcon, which I know would get you excited, Pat. Um, but he mm-hmm. I know he designed Boba Fett. And then and it, that's why that's okay. why then ultimately, like when he had the opportunity to direct the Rocketeer later on, he's like, mm, sign me up. This yes. this is my bag, baby. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he supposed to be like a uh, like an alternate version of a stormtrooper, like a super stormtrooper? Mm-hmm. And he was white and black. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. They changed him into a bounty hunter and roughed him off a little bit. Yeah, wow. they kind of I think they were originally and I don't, I'm not even sure they originally like tagged him as a bounty hunter. I want to say originally they just kind of referred to him as Darth Vader's right-hand man. Uh, and I don't, and I'm not sure that they ever. Mm-hmm. Cartoon. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, Darth Vader calls him a bounty hunter in the cartoon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, so the, the, the weapon that he has, the gun that he has, it was, they brought out, they started producing the action figure of Boba Fett with that gun that would actually shoot the little pieces, but then some kid choked and died, and so... Ooh, that was that, from his jetpack. Yeah, from his jetpack, yes, right. Yeah. That was, that's the one piece of Star Wars lore that I would love to add to my collection. The Boba Fett prototype with mm-hmm. an ejecting missile. Yeah. And and there's was it Kenner? Yeah. I'm trying to I think it was Kenner at the time. And yeah. I, I think they've denied that that was actually the fact. And people have said, well, no, I've, I've got a prototype that I bought off of eBay for thirty thousand dollars and I can I can push a button and it fires. And it and I, so there's this kind of back and forth that I think so the toy company has tried to deny that that ever happened. Um, yeah. But there are a couple of people here and there that say, nope, I, I paid a pretty penny for it, but I have the actual toy that if I shot this directly into my gullet, I would probably choke to death. Wow. So I'm, you guys remember, you guys may be too young. You may be too young. The back of the star Wars, Dennis will remember this. You buy a star Wars figure. And if you gathered enough of those proofs of purchase, you could send them in and get yeah. free Star Wars guys. Mm-hmm. Not free, that was like five bucks or whatever it was. Yeah. So nope. I remember the back, that was one of the guys you could get was Boba Fett. I was like, man, yep. I got to get this guy. And they had, my understanding was they had planned to make several action figures based on the characters in this show. And then when it just, when it got such negative attention, they kind of pulled back and that, you know, cause George Lucas, he's, he's all about the action figures and the, you know, lunch boxes and everything else. So, but I think once they got the negative reviews, everybody just kind of pulled back and they're like, Nope. <laughs> nope. Just stop production. Well, stop saying, production right earlier, now. Don't do it. When you said earlier, like this was a vehicle for him to push those kind of things. It was like, I, I kept thinking like, yeah, you know what? A second. I don't remember much coming from that. It just sort of disappeared. You no know? desire for the, uh, nothing, yeah. with the uh, double action overbite. Uh, <laughs> I just think there's a Harvey Corman as the uh, <laughs> chef. Uh, yeah, that would be. B. Arthur as Akmina. <laughs> what about the B. Arthur thing, the, the song? Where are you guys with that? Terrible? I think if it would have been earlier and I would have been better with it. 
I was so weirded out by the other ones that it was just like one more thing that wasn't Star Wars directly related. Yeah, you had the cantina sort of feel, but it was just, I think by that point, my tolerance for anything that wasn't good, which is pretty much <laughs> most of it, um, was really, really low. So it's like I, I did see some of the parts. I actually watched part of it when he came in. Um, but the reason I actually watched it, I think, was because in a uh, and in some of the texts leading up to this this podcast, somebody had referenced, I think maybe it was Pat or whatever, the uh, kind of the um, sexual harassment things, you know, and I was <laughs> thinking like, this is the moment when you see Harvey, Harvey Corman walk in. So I played that part and I had to listen to the dialogue and see how things would go because I'm like thinking, is this the part he's talking about? And it was, yeah. We refer, we, we refer to that, we refer to that as R2 Me Too. <laughs> uh, speaking of which i did look up a picture they had some of the prototypes for the action figures for the holiday special and the yeah. the only prototypes they made were chewbacca's family and uh basically all it is is it's the i don't know if you guys ever had the like the the classic just the, the first round like phase one action figures that came out after uh after Star Wars, it's the classic Chewbacca action figure. And basically the difference is they've just kind of colored each one a little differently. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's Chewbacca. And then it's like whoop, they've shrunk down Chewbacca for Lumpy. Um, and the, the coloring is a little bit lighter. And then they've got another Chewbacca and they've taken off the bandolier and they've just colored his head white and the rest of him is brown. And then Mala is basically Chewbacca colored a very light tan with a little bit of, um, how shall I say, uh, <laughs> chest articulation. <laughs> and uh, so it's it, it makes looking at them and I haven't zoomed in on the picture and I really don't want to. Um, it's a little awkward. It's a little awkward. Um, the other thing they said, I was reading this, this article here and they said that, um, one of the things that they never made a prototype of, but they had sketched out was a toy of Boba, the sea serpent that Boba Fett is riding on there. So they wow. had plans to make, of course they, they made Boba Fett prototypes and had the original ones were colored the way he's colored in this holiday special. And then they did Chewbacca's family. And then they were planning to do a, a the sea serpent toy. And then they got the reviews of the show and, and Kenner's just like, nope. Pull the plug. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So let's talk about the final scene. The final, we, we've waited an hour and 20 <sighs> minutes for Chewbacca to show up at home. The Imperials have just trashed Lumpy's room. They're looking for rebel stuff. They can't find anything. Art Carney's trying his best to help out. Han and Chewie show up. As soon as Chewie shows up, he's taken under gunpoint to protect Lumpy and Han whacks the, uh, the gun out of the stormtrooper's hand. And then the stormtrooper trips over some firewood, falls to his death. <laughs> <laughs> and then Han proceeds to tell Chewbacca's family how much they mean to him. It's this very touching moment. And then they're off to to hear Princess Leia sing. What do you guys think about that final scene? <sighs> I, I'm, I just, I mean, how, how hard is it to have a somewhat decent fight? Like, I mean, they weren't even asking for a long fight scene. I mean, that could have redeemed some of it if if there would have been a little bit of a, 
of a fight. You know, I mean, there was more I, action I, in the cooking. Uh, <laughs> I, I know, I know, I'm kind of missing the point, but I mean, you know, have something where Chewbacca picks up the guy and chucks him over, or I mean, heck, you know what? Just drop in. You know, drop in the scene from the Death Star when they get into the shootout where, you know, they bring Chewie in and they're they're trying to break into the look out, he's loose, you know, like that. Just drop that in. I would have enjoyed watching that again. Like just just give me something. But it was I mean, it was almost like the boom kind of thing. I mean, you kinda had you kinda had that kind of stuff going on and and uh and see uh Go ahead. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the scene. That that feel of it is what re- literally makes me think of some sort of show that I saw, Great America, in the theater, where the okay. they tie it up and somebody comes in and it's like, boom, we won and we freed the princess. It was kind of like some sort of cheesy thing that happened back then. It was literally that that literally brought me back to that kind of like that's the, yeah. this reminds me of like some actors just playing it. They're live on TV. It's like live on stage, and they're just going to come in and save the day and wrap it up for the kids. The little kids, you know, it was like, because they can't make it too violent is what it seemed like. But then at the same time, you had all those other weird things going on. So where were the thoughts of the kids, you know, like, yeah. can't show many violence here, but we can definitely throw in the sexual harassment and the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the lean horn and all that. Yeah. Softcore porn. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do, I do want to say what redeems that for that fight scene for me is the fact that the stormtrooper did perform the Wilhelm scream yeah. as he did fall over the railing. So yeah, yeah. I'm... I'm okay well, with that. Nice. Well, well, that and I think the stormtroopers brandished the guns, but they never like actually pulled the Trigger. yeah, triggers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the side handle. and I mean, yeah, well, yeah side button. handle. <laughs> and then I, I, I think he was holding it like right in front of his head, so it would have like ricocheted or not. Rico- it would have um, recoiled right into his forehead, or I don't know what the heck it was. Well, and I mean, Kashik is is probably <sighs> it's probably one of those planets that's it's a little bit probably further away from the galactic center. Maybe the supplies don't. I mean, they got to pay per blaster shot now, um, you know. So they're really yeah. trying to watch yeah. their they're trying to watch their quotas and everything else. So, you know, we, we don't money on miniature aquariums, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and itty bitty uh, circus performers and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we the first Death Star got blown up, so the Emperor has really asked everybody to just kind of, you know, tighten their belts up and get ready to save some money so we can start building another one. And, you know, budget cuts everywhere, so we can't fire any shots right now. You know, that's something we didn't really talk about. What do you guys think about the sort of at the beginning, you have the hologram chess board that they had in Star Wars where they play yeah. chess, and, and then you have all these weird circus performers – that doesn't even. I mean, who, who thought that would be a good idea? We we have to take what should have been a thirty minute episode and expand it into two hours. Yeah. What can we do? Mm-hmm. But, but nothing seemed yeah. connected. That was what it was so weird. You could literally make you know, and just nothing was connected. And talking about not connected during the cartoon. Suddenly, in the middle of the cartoon, we get a voice which almost sounds like Captain James T. Kirk saying Starlog <laughs> and then explaining yeah. what's going on in Boba Fett's head. I'm just like, where did that guy come from? Why is why yeah. are we saying Starlog? Who, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of random stuff. Well, there's so I, much. I, oh, yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm just going to say 
my last thought on Boba Fett, because I know you said he really didn't have much of a role in that original trilogy. And that's why I was wondering who wrote that character, because somehow he managed to capture our attention and all our feelings and not feelings like I don't that was the wrong word, but like. I mean, the fan favorite, kind of like not even cult status, but like that was a fan favorite aspect of Star Wars to even before the tr- uh, prequels came out. People were like, man, that was such a cool character. And really, that's how you kill him off. Han bumps him and he flies it like that's not right. And I just think it's cool that you have a character like that that was able to capture the, the uh, f- uh, start, you know, fandoms you know, feelings about it. Something that came out in the cartoon. And I mean, if if if. Like if I had to pick one thing that I enjoyed in this Boba Fett cartoon, right? Like I, I just think that's cool that, you know, whatever that character was able to have, attain like mystical status with not a lot of material. And, uh, and that's where like now with Mandalorian and everything, we're going yeah. cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because like, wow, we get to see more of this character. Right. Yeah. I was going to say spoiler alert, but and I haven't, oh. I haven't seen the last the last two episodes. Okay, recent episodes, but it was at the end of was it episode one of season two that we see Boba Fett without his gear on walking toward the camera. Mm-hmm. I he get I don't I don't you're don't, too behind. But. Don't, don't tell me what happens in these most recent two episodes. Okay, but. but <laughs> I'm, I'm, the the him getting him getting eaten by the uh, what's it called the sarlacc sarlacc this dang it didn't happen <laughs> it yeah. didn't happen well right? he got out yeah he escaped he wasn't I'm, digested over a thousand years no no. I'm seriously, seriously, I'm sweating in places I didn't know I had. I'm sorry. Like I danced right on that line. I apologize for that. I should have been uh, talking about, you know, I hope I didn't spoil anything or whatever. I apologize. If you did, I I wasn't smart enough to catch it. So we're all good. (laughs) Okay, good. So sorry, listening audience. Sorry. It's you're right. We've waited since 1980 or 1978 for Boba Fett to do something. And last week he finally did. Uh, That's 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's 40 years of capturing our attention. So, all yeah. right. So as we, are we, are we wrapping? Are we getting I, close to? I'm, I, I got nothing spectacular to say. It's hard to find good stuff to say about something so bad. Well, let's, let's talk about it. Does anybody <laughs> have anything good to say about the holiday special? I got to say one thing I wish they would have done is I would have loved to have seen, um, Bill Murray do his star Wars song, his lounge singer song. In this holidays, but that would have been amazing. He should have been a bartender. Yeah. So Robin Williams actually got mm-hmm. suggested by I think it was Steve Binder that suggested Robin Williams, and he was willing to do it, but CBS turned him down. Yeah. Now, if Robin Williams had been either the Art Carney part or the Harvey Corman part, we might have had an entirely different experience. But, and this is something that I just thought about. We are so used to things having either a live studio audience or a laugh track in them. And there seemed to be parts in here where Art Carney was trying to deliver a joke, which just admittedly was just not funny, but might have been a little bit better had we had just that canned laughter behind it. Mm -hmm. But I think that I think Robin Williams would have been able to nail it. See, had, I, something for us. Yeah, I, I think the problem with that, because what, what do we say? The budget for this was a million. 
Yeah. Yeah. So budget for this was a million dollars and that was enough to probably supply the cocaine for the writers that were already doing it and <laughs> Carrie Fisher. I mean, if you add Robin Williams to it, you're at least going up to 3 million probably. So that's, it's, they couldn't probably, they probably couldn't afford him. This was a problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he was more, well, I think yeah. this was when did Mork and Mindy start. 70s. Yeah. But mm-hmm. was it, Early seventies or was it late seventies? I was thinking yeah, it, was, it was right around. Like, yeah, because it was a spinoff of uh, the Happy Days character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what? Uh, Morgan actually, Morgan Morgan Mindy started uh, two months before this came out, September seventy eight. Okay. So he wasn't a name. Yeah, he wasn't a name yet. Yeah. I mean, the cocaine might have been expensive, but his paycheck was <laughs> right. Right. Cocaine was cheap back then. Yeah. So anything with these type of movies, though, I just coming back to I just how do you, you know, you, you know that like what goes into a movie and how things are made. And it's like there's meetings and scripts and there's feedback and there's, you know, and it's just like I just am amazed that some that so many people okayed this, like somebody didn't think this was a problem, even as they were filming it. Like at some point you would think, I mean, I've done things where you're working on something and and all of a sudden you just you go, this is just crap. Like, this is just not good. Like, why would we continue with this? This, we can't do it. Where, where was a voice somewhere in there that stopped and said, we need to make this better. Like, okay, let's do it still, but we need to really fix this. Like I, there, there had to been some, you know, we were talking because like the only other thing I can think that gets made like that is the room. You know, like when you see the story of the room, you know why it got made. Like that's what everybody said. Like, how did the room get made? How did all the filmmakers? Because you know how the the, the the people doing the cameras who you know how did they know? Like, how didn't they know that this was so horrible? Well, then when you see the room, you realize that they did, but there was just somebody supplying a bunch of money who was going to do this no matter what. I don't think that was the case here. So how did all these professionals who were, you know, can come up with the quality of Star Wars and and be somewhat associated with that still sit there and give this the green light? It's just, I don't know. We talked last week, we were talking about Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. and, And so you get the last action hero with John McTiernan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Shane Black, you get all that talent in the room and just sometimes it just gets away from you. And, yeah. and there was talent involved in this. It just got away from them. Didn't, didn't and, come and I think it's like the actors, like even though they had a big hit, obviously with Star Wars, they were relatively no names up until that point, Harrison Ford. And, you know, they weren't yeah. anything like big because I would think them, you know, would be even them as actors would just be like, this is just not good. I don't I, Why are we doing this? Like, well, especially Harrison they have Ford. to deliver the lines and be in it. Yeah, yeah, especially him. You could just tell that he was being forced to do something yeah. he did not want to do. Mm-hmm. Mala, no stare at her. <laughs> well, that's right, what it, so. this this one just it does so much, and I'm I'm glad that beyond when it aired in 1978, that a lot of people have not seen it unless they've sought it out on YouTube because this does more. I, I know people complain about um, with the prequels, they complain. They're like, well, the, the idea of introducing midi chlorians like that, that takes away from the mysticism that takes away from the good Lord. If more people had seen this thing, I'd be more worried about the star Wars holiday special turning people off from the magic of star Wars than any midi chlorians could ever do. It just, it, it does not. I think I said it earlier. It just, it doesn't have the heart of star Wars. It's not, it it doesn't fit in with the rest of the mythos. It doesn't forward any of that at all. It's just, it feels purely like a cash grab. Um, I know George Lucas's intent was to sell some more merchandise and keep star Wars in people's minds while they were getting ready for empire strikes back. But 
Good Lord. It just, it backfired. And I know he, there's a funny quote from him. I know that he said if he, it was something like if I had the time and a sledgehammer, I'd go find every copy of this and smash it to pieces. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. It says the strength of the series that it has it was able to become the powerhouse that it has become despite this early, early travesty. Yeah. Well, I think Mm -hmm. that George Lucas turned the reins over to other people so he could concentrate on Empire Strikes Back. And that to me is a I'm fine with that trade, you know. Give us this crap holiday special. Go work on Empire Strikes Back and give us Empire Strikes Back. Right. Fine with that. Yeah. Pat, Dennis, what do you guys got? Anything good from this? Anything worthwhile? Anything worth watching? For those who haven't seen it, what do you say? Yeah, You know what? I, I, kind of my earlier point, see where the Boba Fett character with the, with the cartoon uh came from i mean i i just like i didn't know hardly anything about this until i heard hey you know the shirley podcast wants to do and have you guys for the star wars special i'm like oh yeah you guys have talked about the star like i literally knew nothing about this till about a week ago right so somehow i was you know able and then they said well it's the origination of uh origin of 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 boba fett and it's like well dang that's pretty cool um so I, I, I would say the Boba Fett cartoon, um, you know, and I know we've, we've kind of had mixed reviews on, on Carrie Fisher singing. And I, like I said, I mean, singing as Princess Leia. OK, that was a little bit like, OK, but I mean, you know, sometimes we've got movies that come out now where actors or actresses are trying to sing in the movies. And and then the second thing is then you've got some movies where it's like, no, they can really sing. They, they got to, you know, they can, uh, they can, they can bring it. It's just, they never had a role yet. And, then, and so I don't know. I, I always like to, I always like to see that extra dimension of certain actors and actresses. And I always frame it with no one's hiring me to do any kind of professional singing. No one's hiring me to do any kind of professional trumpet playing. So I, I say that humbly. Cause it's like, I don't have any Christmas specials that I'm singing on, but that was kind of like a, Oh, that's just cool to see her, you know, in a different light. Um, Pat, the fact that you, I, I, I know I can say this to you and I'm, I, I almost want to apologize that up until a week ago, you were still pure as the driven snow and you hadn't seen this yet. Um, I, I know that you are also a, a church going person. So I'm just going to put it this way, Pat. In Matthew chapter 18, it says, whoever causes one of these little ones to, uh, to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. I feel a little bit of responsibility for having you watch this now when, when a week ago you were just fine. Hey, you know what? It's, it's, it's better to know what's out there before, you know, I grow up and leave the house. And then, you know, it's better that I experience it with you, John, where it's a place of safety before I leave the house and have to face that in a thing, you know, in, in, in the dangers of the world. We we have a safe word and it's life day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Hey, Pat, I got something for you since this was your favorite part. The voice of Boba Fett is a guy named Don Franks, who hasn't really done a whole lot of stuff. I mean, he did a whole lot of stuff, but nothing spectacular. But he was also a jazz musician. 
and really good jazz musician from what I have read. So maybe something to check out. Don Franks spelled F-R-A-N-C-K-S. Don Franks. All right. Hey man, thank you. Like seriously, when we're, when we're done here tonight, I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. Cool. Yeah. Right on. That's cool. Thank you. All right, Dennis, anything worthwhile? I, mean, I would just, not, not really much. I mean, this, this, if you've heard our podcast, I mean, this makes, if I had a choice between this and um, Howard the Duck, <laughs> I mean, I might watch Howard the Duck. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. I, I couldn't, I couldn't sit through this again. Wow. Cause you, I mean, when we recorded, you, you we, got angry and left the podcast. You, I did. You, 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 you rage casted. I couldn't sit through this again. At this moment, if you told me you have to sit through another movie that's going to be about an hour and a half long or two hours wow. long, it's either Howard the Duck or it's this. Right now, having watched this watched this just so so recently, um, it would have to be Howard the Duck. You stomped well, out you know, of the... You like, yeah. you, like, left during Howard the Duck and came back and were just like... You didn't even sit down. You were just sitting there during our podcast and just like, <laughs> Howard the Duck, like... I had, to, I had to do a wow. lot of editing in that... I had to do a lot of editing in that episode because you dropped a couple of F-bombs and then you walked out. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then and I think... Tormented. And then I think you after... You tormented me with pictures of, uh, of, uh, of him in the bathtub for... for yeah, for yeah, because then I then I took your computer and I changed the desktop background to the full oh, frontal yeah. duck nudity. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I needed therapy after all that that episode, so I finally have gotten wow. to it. You know, but wow. Um, yeah. Okay. No, so no, I think no, I just no, have no. such a I say, I have such a disdain for like when people break out into musicals and songs for no reason, kind of like Monty Python, where he's like, no, 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 there will be no singing here, <laughs> none. You know, it's power. And it's it's that literally is like every time it went, I was like, no, come on, and I started reaching for the remote. Like I'm the only way I'm going to get through this is if I remove it. If I kind of visually fast forward through those spots, that's it. Wow. But yeah, it, it, it was tough. It was definitely, I mean, you saw my text. I mean, it was supposed to be yesterday, but the text came through today because of the whole phone debacle. But like I said, I'm going to have some weird dreams and I did have some weird dreams. I can't tell you what they were, but it was a weird, I had weird dreams last did night. It, did it involve Diane Carroll? Yeah. I, <laughs> Purple frilly stuff on her head. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. It's strange. So, so this, like one of the quotes about this show is that it is the, not one of, but the worst two hours of television in television history. And so I think this is a great measuring stick. If you picked the movie or movies that you hated most and had to choose between that or this movie, which one would you watch? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about Showgirls (laughs) and I'm thinking about Jaws 3. I think I would pick Holiday Special above those two. Showgirls, okay. I might watch Jaws. I might watch Jaws three before Holiday Special, but I would never, ever, ever watch Showgirls again. If you had, if you had, okay, I've got pinking shears. You can lose a toe or watch Showgirls. I'd have to think about it for a little while. Showgirls is terrible. Is worse. I don't know. If I had to pick between Kindergarten Cop two and this, hmm. Oh, there we go. I don't know. Worst movies are coming out now. You have to pay a whole bunch of money in late fees for Kindergarten Cop 2, right? What? The, I didn't even know that was a thing. The, the year was 2018. But you didn't get through the room, did you? <laughs> what? Did the, you get through the room, John, though? That's what, we, what you were talking about. You did to Pat. We kind of did to you with the room. Yes, I got through the room. Thank you, Dennis. 
See, here's yeah. that, here's where he gets angry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Dolph Lundgren, mm-hmm. what the you, actual heck? D, don't don't do it. Don't do it. It's don't. And it's Bill Bellamy. Yeah. What? No. 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 Yeah, Bill Bellamy's it, in it with him. That's right. No. 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 D. Don't look, don't, don't look into the trap, Ray. Yeah. Don't look into the trap. No. No. D. D. Just look for Ega. D. Let's pretend that you and I are. Let's pretend that you and I are tied up to a stake. Don't look at it, Marion. Don't look. <laughs> shut your eyes. Keep your eyes shut. Don't look at it. No, I made I made like 20, 20, maybe two minutes, 22 minutes into that movie. It was a, it was a weekend where my wife was going to be gone for the weekend. And I went to the library and I checked out a whole bunch of movies. I was like, I got some time to watch some movies now. And um, yeah, I started that one, got 22 minutes into it. I was like, no, no, this is not good. I will rarely turn off a movie. And especially I, I'll normally give it even longer than that. But I was like. Nope. Waste of my time. I'll move on to something else. And then I thought I returned it to the library until like a month and a half later when I ended up having to pay $17 in late fees for this stupid, stupid movie. Yeah. Oh, I hate, I hate kindergarten cop too. When you do that type of thing where you rent a movie and you Mm -hmm. pay a lot for it, it's that bad. If it was like, I'd forgotten some and I had to return to the library, but if it was a good movie, I feel like, you know what? That was worth 20 bucks that I own fees, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, because it was 20 days. I'm like that type of thing. When it's that worst movie, it was like Howard the Duck or this Christmas or the holiday special here. Yeah. I would not have finished that if it wasn't. No, see, see, Dennis, the room, the room only wasted my time, but it allows me to joke about it. I can't even joke about kindergarten cop two, and it wasted my time and my money. So (laughs) it's the, the trifecta. That's why I can't get over that one. Yeah. So did you watch the disaster artist, John? I did. I actually like that one. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen bits of the room, but it was that one. You've got to watch the room first. Yeah. I suggest watching the first 20 minutes of the room on mute. No. Okay. Dennis, it's the sounds. You got to watch all of the room. No. When you, all when you, room. no. Otherwise, the disaster artist doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, fine. When, fine. When you get to the love scenes in the room, hit mute, please. <laughs> okay. Mm-mm. It's just, uh, Dennis, real quick, what did you think of uh, uh, Madden's choices for the Cubs pitching lineup in the uh, World Series run there? How, what did you feel about that? It's a trap. <laughs> hey, guys, hey, hey, guys, get ready. You're going to see a great show. Dennis, what did you think about that Bartman guy in Chicago? Like, guys, get ready. You're going to see some fireworks. And here he goes in three, two, one. Okay. Okay. There you go. Center okay, yourself. So Center Matt, yourself. Dennis. What is your what is your movie of hate? What is your worst of the worst movie? Well, I got to be careful of this because, like, <laughs> I, apparently, there's some people that have been calling into our show. Well, actually, and 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 thank you to all of the folks that you know support our shows and all that. But it's funny. It seems like everybody that supported our shows has come back and said, you know. Canagel is ripping on my favorite movie. And I'm like, I want to be really careful now with what I say, because it's happened like twice in the last week. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So anyways, we, we just um, had, we just had a Patreon episode that we recorded with one of the guys and, and Pat, a few, uh, it's like, what was that? A couple months ago now, maybe, um, yeah. had, uh, had ripped on home alone. And, uh, so we're on this Patreon recording with this, I mean, this person who has supported our show financially and, and we ask him, so what's one of your favorite movies? He's like, Oh God, home alone. 
<laughs> and I'm just like, I'm sorry, man. Well, I didn't don't think I've ripped on the movie. I just ripped on some of the characters in the movie. Right. But then we had then it was the the other Patreon person wrote in and was like, Yeah, you know, I really love your guys' show, but then you start dogging on Blue Velvet. And I just I'm like, oh man, that's another one. We- <laughs> I've been dogging on that movie too. Um, so I, I want to be careful. And I'll just phrase, I'll just, you know, say it just the movies weren't my speed. I really honestly I struggle with the movie Pearl Harbor. That's the one the guys always give me a hard time with. I I I struggle with that one on several levels and I, I don't want to take everyone's time and just go on a, go on a rant with that one. But, uh, uh, that's one that's, I mean, I can't even like cringe watch it. It's just like, okay, I'm, I'm down, I'm out. And that, that's one that I'll, that's one that I'll, I'll turn off. And if it's someone's favorite show, like, Hey, that's fine. It just didn't work for me. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I want to be careful of that, that deal, but. Okay. So if you get a pick between star Wars holiday special and Pearl Harbor, which one are you going to watch? Okay, so you phrase it like that. <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, I, I'd pick the Star Wars one because I could laugh. Yeah. I picked the Star Wars one because I could laugh, and and yeah. like the Pearl Harbor one, like I just start to get like kind of angry. But uh, but yeah, the Star Wars one because I could laugh, and I mean seriously, like even like the you know when Itchy Bun or whatever the Wookiee's name was that was watching the. The thing is just like, oh my gosh, this is really inappropriate. You know, like I can, I can kind of, I can kind of find the humor in that whole thing, you know? So, uh, yeah. Okay, Jason, I, Star Wars Holiday Special or Last Action Hero? Well, I, okay, I really dislike Last Action Hero, but the movie that I hate is The Last Jedi. Uh, okay. Wow. Okay. I have, a, I have a very emotional response to The Last Jedi. Because it, some it they took something I loved and they turned it against me. So I will take the Star Wars Holiday Special over the Last Jedi. Okay. Wow! Wow! Okay! Wow! I, I, I'm well, just, I, I understand that was made at a better quality, but it I still get Luke as Luke. I don't get Luke as bitter old man. <laughs> is is that is that what you were referencing before the thing that you felt kind of turned against you is how? Luke was bitter old man. If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I have a real strong reaction to the last Jedi. So Got it. I, I know you guys have been okay with it. I'm not okay with it. So <laughs> got it. No, let's, <laughs> I'm still mad about it. So. <laughs> it sounds like it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I was really, I was going to say, I, I didn't even think about the rise of Skywalker. I got that right name right this yes. time, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Rise of Skywalker is my hated Star Wars movie. What is, I, what is I Rise of Skywalker? I'm above Rise of Skywalker. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, would I watch Holiday Special? Yeah. I'd pick Holiday Special over Rise of Skywalker as well. Wow. What is, D, what, what is Rise of Skywalker? Like what movie is it? No, I've, I've never, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> <laughs> good, what is what? good. You just you just block it out. Yeah, I, I, I don't even I don't even know what you I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, is it is it part of the is it one of the anthology ones or is it part of the eight canonical movies? Oh my it's God. one of the yeah. It's not one of the seven canonical movies. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, I think that about wraps it up. Anything anything you guys want to throw in? 
I would love to see them do some kind of holiday special with the Mandalorian. Like if they wanted to bring back some more of this life day stuff, I mean, if they wanted to have, and I know with their seasons, they've only got like 10 episodes per season. So it's not like, you know, you don't want to necessarily, you know, chunk in a whole, (laughs) a whole episode, just working on life day stuff. But I don't know with these different anthology things that they're putting out. um, I know they just did a Lego star Wars holiday special. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, I'm sure my kids will want to watch it at some point. I think it just came out uh, maybe a few weeks ago. Sure. We'll watch that. But I would love to see the whole idea of life day explored in some way in some of these shows, whether it's, I don't know, whether it's in Kenobi, whether it's in the Andor series with whatever it is, like I I would like to see this come back because I think there's some merit to the, the idea, like the, the concept of the whole thing. It's just, it's completely wasted on this because this is, you know, and, and I said it earlier, it's not a good holiday special, even separate from Star Wars. If it was just any kind of holiday special, it's not a good holiday special. It's not good Star Wars. So it's really not good anything. Um, but the <laughs> idea of there being a holiday and especially if you wanted to tie that into the, like the overall mythology of Star Wars, I mean, tie it into the force. So, you know, and that's what I'm really curious about is that even though in the original trilogy, everybody seems to have forgotten about the Jedi and the force and nobody seems to know anything. You have a holiday like life day. So what is life day celebrating? Like, is it a, is it a religious thing? Is it a, you know, part of this Jedi mysticism? I mean, how, how tied into all of it is the idea of life day. So, I I mean, I'd be really curious to see that. History could be something with the Wookiee history. Yeah. And and I know Fabro's joked about, doing redoing this or doing not redoing that exact story but it would i would totally be up for that see him do a um an updated some somehow holiday special because it wouldn't look anything really like that but like you said it would take some of the interesting concepts that were possibly introduced in here and i think he would do him justice because he being a fan and also i think he would do a pretty decent job with it just popped up uh someone just uh, my sister just sent me a text the mandalorian special to debut on disney plus on christmas day mm-hmm. get out of here it's no it, just just it, popped up it's the wow. um no well but it's not like a holiday it's, special it's, like that yeah. no 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 yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's yeah. the um you know disney does the disney gallery show that they do where they do like behind the scenes stuff for their different some oh, of their yeah. different shows it's that one they're gonna do like a i don't know if it's like a holiday themed Disney gallery Mandalorian episode. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Everything I'm looking at just looks like a regular, I'm just saying it was kind of funny because you're like, I'd like to see a Mandalorian like Christmas special. And then all of a sudden my, a text just came in from my sister that said Disney plus Mandalorian special. It was like, wow, John, you really are an 11. This is amazing. That's, it's, that is it's, an, that's an 11th level, right? It's, there. it's like yeah, Doctor yeah. Who. It's like Doctor Who. They wait till the season's over. And then at Christmas, they always have a Christmas special. It could be the Mandalorian Christmas special. Mm-hmm. You could totally do, do it. it. I should do it. So I just, because you brought up Kenobi, I just looked and Aiden Christensen is one coming of the back. two people listed in the cast. He's coming back. Yeah. I didn't know about that. He should. Cool. That's awesome. I'm, I'm curious how they're going to, I'm curious how they're going to fit that in because then if for some reason they square off against each other, then that messes with some of the dialogue from the original star Wars of, you know, it's a presence I have not felt since. And then, you know, it's been such a long time assuming that he's dead and and things like that. So I'm kind of curious how they're going to dance around that. If, 
Vader is going to be, because I don't think they've mentioned at this point any other villains. So I'm wondering <laughs> if Vader is going to be kind of. It's got to be flashbacks, right? Yeah. Might he's be full Vader now. I would never say yeah. Much. yeah, he is his character is Darth Vader. It's not, no, it's not, it's Anakin. not Anakin. So I'll be curious mm. to see how they decide to do that. You know, if, if he's more of like a, a puppet master behind the scenes doing stuff and the two of them never actually see each other or whatever the case may be. But yeah, when I saw that the other day, I'm like, all right, well, that's they gotta be careful with that. But up to the I trust them, you know, with with the way the two seasons of the Mandalorian have gone, I trust them right now to to take good care of it. They know what they're doing. Mandalorian, because at the end of Last Jedi, I was like, they have no idea what they're doing. Disney (laughs) is clueless. But I'm back on track. Yeah. 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 With the movies. Thank you, John Favreau. Yeah. Yeah. Between John Favreau and Dave Filoni, like they've, (laughs) if they want to, you know, whatever you want to hand over to Dave, to, to Dave Filoni and John Favreau, go ahead. Seriously. I'm with you. Yeah. I am. Yes, I, did, thank did you, you did, so much? I was going to say real. I was going to say real quick before we before we wrapped up. Did you see the other stuff on the Rogue Squadron movie and how um, is it? Catherine Bigelow is directing that one. No. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to do a Rogue Squadron movie, and so, uh, she does great work. Oh, I'm sorry. Stuff. No, no, no. Not Catherine Bigelow. That wrong director. Patty Jenkins. Okay. Uh, Patty. Wonder Wonder Woman director. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And she has this great, uh, there was this great video that she put out so maybe about a week ago now. She has this great video put out where she's, she's like rollerblading down what looks like a, uh, a runway. And then she gets to her car and she sits down in like the back of the car and she's taken off her rollerblades. And she's talking about how her dad had been a pilot and that he, I think she says he, he lost his life serving our country and, and all this. She kind of goes into this stuff and she's like, I've been looking for a movie where I feel like I could do service to how he served our country and and what that meant to him and what that meant to our family and, and his sacrifice. And then she says, and I, and I finally found the movie that'll allow me to do that. And she reaches behind her and she puts on an X-wing pilot's helmet. And then she stands up from the car and she walks down the runway and the camera turns and she's walking towards an X-wing. And then, and then they make the announcement that she's doing a, it will actually be the next theatrical star Wars movie. And it's right now it's just titled rogue squadron. Yeah. It's got a release date at this point of December of 2023. Yeah. Um, that conversation right there is better than the star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. That, that like two minute, three minute, whatever it is video that she does, that'll make up for watching the star Wars holiday special. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We are so thankful for you guys, and thank you for being mentors and being friends, and uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah, everybody be sure and go check out the 30-something movie podcast. We are about to move into 1991. Any movie you're excited about? Well, I, I've got Pat levels excite, of excitement for our first one coming up in January because Pat, when we first started, the, you guys have probably heard this story a bunch of times. When we first started the podcast back in 80 or back in uh, 2015 and we were in 84, 85, I'm like, guys, what movies are you excited for? And somebody said Back to the Future and somebody said something else. And Pat goes, Batman. Like, <laughs> hold on, Pat. That's, that's four years from now, buddy. I know. I don't care. Batman. All right, that's fine. Um, So then when I started actually paying attention to the different movies that were coming up, I was like, wait a minute, 91, that's the Rocketeer. 
All right, cool. So yeah, it's a, that's that's probably the one for me. That's our first episode of '91. Is going to be the Rocketeer, um, and then from there we've uh, we've got a whole bunch of like our our first few months. Um, we've got the Rocketeer. We've got uh, Double Impact. Like that was a fun one to watch. I had never seen Double Impact before. Um, we've got uh, in the span of like two or three months, we've done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, and we even did uh, was that back in November we did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour. Yeah, yeah, we did one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been like a it's been like a trifecta of Ninja Turtles for the last few months for us. But uh, yeah, we've we've got some we've got some good stuff coming up and and some good stuff on our Patreon episodes too. We're gonna do um, Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Patreon. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Thank you. I need to hear that more. <laughs> what is your so, excited for Clash of the Titans though? Okay, RPG so as okay, so as as long as we never do the Last Jedi as part of our Patreon episodes, we will have taken <laughs> we will have had one Patreon person we didn't offend. Okay, all right. Showgirls. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No showgirls. No Last Jedi. All right. Got that. <laughs> But no, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having us on here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always, we, we love talking movies and we've loved getting to know you guys and, and having you on our show and, and being on your show. And, um, you know, I, any, I mean, I think you just reached out to us like two days ago and yeah. the moment you said, I mean, you, you could have said any movie at all, but the fact that you said, Hey, we're talking star Wars uh, holiday special. And the first thought that popped into my mind was good Lord. I hate that thing, but yeah, let's talk <laughs> about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, guys, thank you so much. Great to see you guys, and uh, Merry Christmas to you, and we'll see you on the other side of uh, 2020. Yeah, see you next year. Yeah, thank Sounds you, good. guys. Nice to meet you guys. Thank you. You guys as well. Yeah, thank great you. great seeing you guys again. Well, this has been our special episode with the Surely You Can't Be Serious crew um, on the Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978. If you're still with us, God bless you and may the force be with you. Um, but thank you so much for, for joining us for this very special episode. Go check out their show. If you're if you're coming to our podcast and you haven't listened to those guys yet, check them out uh, on Twitter. They are at Surely Podcast. Um, uh, you can find them pretty much everywhere. You can find podcasts, but they are the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Uh, great group of guys. Awesome episodes every single time. So go check them out if you haven't already. If you want to find out more about our show, head over to 30podcast.com, 30podcast.com, and you'll find out all about our show, where to find us on Patreon. Uh, if you want to donate to us on Patreon, just kind of help us keep the lights on here, keep everything going. Um, we also have some different benefits you can get there if, if you help donate at different tiers. Um, but you become a co-executive producer of the show, and that gets you access to the special episodes that we put out once a month just for our Patreon subscribers. If you are coming up here on 1991, which will be our next year when we get into 2021, I almost forgot there. I, wanted to, I didn't want to redo this year over again. When we come into 1991 next year, we're going to take just a little bit, maybe a week or so break. Uh, as I probably come, come out to about a couple weeks or so. But um, on January 6th will be our first episode of the new year. That will be The Rocketeer. And then we're going to follow that one up the next week with Double Impact. The week after that, it'll be Backdraft. The week after that, it'll be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. And then around about the middle of the month of January, we will be doing the 40th anniversary of the clash of the titans from 1981 thank you so much to the surely you can't be serious podcast guys for inviting us to be guests on their show had a wonderful time with you all um everybody 
Have a wonderful Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, happy Festivus. Whatever you celebrate, or if you don't celebrate, uh, just everybody stay well, stay healthy, and uh, you know, stay gold, pony boy. Uh, either way, whatever you do, hoping you have a really good time. Hoping you're having a great end to the year 2020. Good riddance to 2020. We'll see you in 2021. Everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you here next year.